Hello and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is Debbie Adair, your host, and today I'm so excited and delighted to share Jen Mavros with you. Jen is hailed by Influensive Media as a woman you need to know because of her ability to stir your soul. Jen Mavros is a modern-day spiritual messenger, hostess of the hit podcast, The Jen Mavros Show, which is ranked one of the top spiritual podcasts on iTunes. She's the creator of the Loving Humanity Forward Movement and the Mavros Method of Manifestation, a holistic pathway into empowered living. As a voice for love, she's dedicated her life to helping individuals manifest their soulfully aligned desires and dreams in life and in business, so you can be inwardly aware and outwardly successful. A student of holistic self-mastery, she's an internationally certified and licensed life coach, having received training in NLP and is currently obtaining her doctorate degree in metaphysical science. Jen also has a comprehensive understanding of energy through her work in the Akashic Records as a Reiki and Prana healing practitioner and her studies in metaphysics and meditation. For the past several years, through her soulful online courses, retreats, and one-to-one offerings, she's had the pleasure of having served and supported over 5,900 plus purpose-driven leaders, entrepreneurs, businesswomen, healers, coaches, and creatives, and holistic network marketers from around the world to co-create the lives and businesses they truly desire. Jen is looking forward to connecting with you heart to heart and soul to soul. She's had some extraordinary guests on her show and just has a beautiful message to share with the world. So I'm really excited to share her with you today on Podcasters on Purpose. So welcome to the show, Jen. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. (laughs) Me too, me too. Yeah, so we actually have been recording an episode for the Spiritual Entrepreneur right prior to this. We've been doing some podcasting while we're talking about podcasting yes. purposes, right? Yes, I love it. If you're a spiritual entrepreneur, you can check that episode out as well over on that platform. But today we're going to be talking all about podcasting yes. on purpose. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the Jen Mavro show and what your intention is with it and why you started it. Yeah. Well, thank you, love. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, so the Jen Mavro show is all about what my, my mission is, is loving humanity forward. Mm-hmm. And for me, I love, I'm a natural connector. So I love sitting down with just, I like to say extraordinary because I think every person has extraordinariness in them. And I have a lot of genisms just so you know, you're like, that's not a word, but it's a genism. It's a genism. (laughs) It's influensive and genism. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So sit down with just gorgeous human beings and, and tap into their sacred wisdom. And so the show is all about being this loving force and guiding voice for positive change in the world. And we're really looking to support the elevation of consciousness. So I sit down with, you know, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, disruptors, creatives, and luminaries who are in the transformation, the empowerment, the mind, body, soul, wellness spaces. And we just unpack, you know, either bodies of their work or what's most present. So yeah, I love it. That's my jam. <laughs> We're definitely rocking the jam. I love it. I love it. I love it too. So how did you like decide just one day, like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to start the Jen Mavro show and I'm going to love humanity forward or like, yeah. is that how it started or did you just, yeah. you know, so I just, I felt really inspired, like drawn and inspired 
to podcasting. And so I was kind of looking at different mediums or platforms of ways that I like to show up. And I love to be able to use my voice, to have the opportunity and the privilege to use, have a platform, use my voice. But I also wanted to amplify and elevate other voices as well. I thought that was really important. And so I just felt really called to it. I'm not necessarily someone who likes to show up on videos. I can, I do, but that's not really one of my, my mediums or I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely an okay-ish writer, but I wasn't somebody who was like, I'm going to be a blogger. I'm going to be a creative writer. Like that just wasn't my, where I felt like I was in my joy and my genius. Mm. So for me, podcasting was just totally up my alley and it was calling to me. And so once I figured out what the heck I was going to do, it all just began unfolding quite magically, actually. And, you know, mine is an interview-based podcast. And so sitting down with, with remarkable individuals who've done or are doing things in the world to make an impact, to really truly make a dent in our universe. And it's an honor to do so. And like I said, to amplify and elevate their voices and their work in the world. So. Once I got clear on the direction, I'm a very naturally curious person. So I just started doing research. How do I do this? What does this look like? (laughs) And I'm in no way, shape or form am I perfect at it. I think that the imperfection makes it, you know, makes it perfect. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm constantly learning and growing and shifting and expanding what I do. But for the most part, I absolutely love podcasting. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's why clearly we both love it because... It's just our jam, you know what I mean? Yes, girl, yes. So (laughs) so, (laughs) tell me, how did you like, because you've had some exceptional guests on your show, right? Like you're really talking about disruptors and Mm -hmm. spiritual leaders and things. How did you go about kind of building your show out from when you started? Like, did you start off with guests that were kind of of the caliber of yeah. leader? And if so, how did you do that? What was your... Yeah, no, I did. So just to kind of give you a little insight. So if you're in the personal development or spiritual space, so some of the guests that I've had, like most recently, and we're in season four on the show, Dr. John Gray, who wrote Mars are from, or or women or men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, (laughs) That was an extraordinary conversation. And like Danielle Laporte and Lisa Nichols and Michael Bernard Beckwith and Gabby Bernstein and JP Sears. And, you know, just a wide array of, you know, like I said, just gorgeous human beings doing cool things in the world. And so I had taken some courses and I've worked with a woman. Am I, is it okay if I say her name? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, Her name is Selena Sue and she's in the PR industry, helping people connect with influencers, connect with media and, you know, really having that exposure to her work. I really feel helped me build a base on being able to connect with influencers. So the first step that I had to do was I had to do my own internal work because as you can imagine, you know, you're, re- I mean, I was reaching out to people who were people who I like looked up to them. They were my mentors. They were, you know, Lisa Nichols was in the movie, the secret and the secret was the catalyst that like ignited my whole spiritual journey. And like Dr. Bruce Lipton is taught is like, you know, just these people, right. Or, you know, <laughs> You're totally fan girl or fanboy the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do a lot of internal work on really coming to the awareness that they're my peers. It's mm-hmm. a peer-to-peer conversation and I'm merely amplifying and, and elevating their message. And so 
that was kind of the first step, making sure that I was like, check, check, check on the internal stuff. And with some of the the techniques that I learned from Selena, and then of course my own spin to things, I just began reaching out and sending emails. You know, I would look on the websites of people that I wanted to reach out to. I would find the contact section or I would find the media space and I would send a very thoughtfully composed email. So I'll break it down just briefly. So in the beginning of the email, I would actually have some sort of personal experience with that person's work. So I was making it personal, how much I appreciated them and their work on X, Y, and Z. So bringing something specific and tangible into the conversation and thanking them for their contribution. So I'm leading with gratitude. I'm leading with my own personal lived experience with their body of work. And then I go into, you know, here's my invitation. I want to invite you and feature you on my show. And here's a little bit about the show. And I really believe that in these emails that I would send, one of the the best things I, I believe that allowed people to be an easy yes was I gave like a short list of people who have been on the show previously that I feel would be in their kind of orb or their, the, I would actually go on like their Facebook or their, their social media channels and see if any of their, their friends have been on my show before. And so I'd actually list them. I feel like that was really instrumental in these emails. And then I would just say, you know, depending on, you know, your people who are listening, depending on your platform and how you do your structure, mine's pretty straightforward. It's just through the interwebs. (laughs) We connect on (laughs) Skype or Zoom pretty easy. And so I wanted to make it very easy for them. All they had to do was say yes, schedule a day and show up. Um, and that was something that Selena talks about. You, you know, you want to make it very easy because you want to imagine that they're very busy. They get a lot of pitches. So you want to make it as seamless as possible. And then another thing too is, is, you know, like removing the burden if they have to say no. So, you know, I understand that you have so many wonderful things going on and you've got a very full schedule. And so if this isn't the right time, I completely understand. Do you mind if I reach out, you know, in a couple of months? And I feel like that is really honoring and really respectful to the person having these busy schedules. And I feel that they just, they felt my authenticity. They were aligned with my message of loving humanity forward. And they just appreciated how easy it was. So that was, that's kind of like the primary piece to that. That's fantastic. And did you, when you started out, did you use the name? I guess you wouldn't have names. So did you just send the message minus the people that had already been on or? Yeah, I did. And mm-hmm. and actually, if you're familiar with Dr. Bruce Lipton yeah. uh, and his yeah. work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. his work with epigenetics and yeah. yeah, his work changed everything. So he was actually the very first influencer who said yes. Mm-hmm. But here was the thing. And here's something else that I want to like leave with everyone is a lot of influencers. If you decide that you want to reach out to influencers, maybe that's, that is something that you want to work towards or you want, you're interested in doing because not all shows are like that, right? Like not everyone has influencers on their show is you're being mindful of, again, the, the full schedule that they may have. And so I can't tell you how many times I heard no, no, (laughs) no, lots of no's. Okay. So you've got to, you've got to have what I like to call resiliency. So being resilient in that if someone says no, don't be butthurt. Don't take offense to that. Like, cool. That's fine. If I get a no back, I will then email them back and be like, absolutely. I completely understand. 
do you mind if I reach out in a couple of months? (laughs) And if they say yes, then I will mark on my calendar to reach out in three months. Mm -hmm. Now with Dr. Bruce Lipton, I heard no three times before he said yes, or before his assistant, you know, had the the spaciousness on his calendar. And so that actually was more than a year. (laughs) (laughs) So it took me a year to cultivate this connection in order to have him on my show. And so he was the very first person that said yes to me as far as influence, like a big influencer. And I really believe that, you know, and he was on like all the emails, like, you know, featured guests, here's a list of featured guests, Dr. Reslipton. I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, he's kind of a big deal. He's kind of cool. Then I'll say yes. So definitely like showcase your, your strengths. I think that that's important as well. And don't get butt hurt if you hear no. Another really cool tip that I, I learned very quickly is a lot of my guests are authors, like they're best selling New York Times authors or whatever. Whenever, you know, if you've got some people on your radar, making sure that you're going to their websites or going to their social media. Do they have a new event coming up? Do they have a new book that they're launching? Do they have some sort of new offering? And reaching out around that time, they're looking to promote that stuff. And having a podcast, that's one way that they can, you can support them in promoting their work. So most of the time, I'll have authors that are, they've got a new book that they're launching and that's one of the reasons they said yes. So they felt aligned with my message. It was easy to create this whole process and then they want to promote their their stuff. So just being mindful of when you're reaching out at different times. I've also had, you know, where I've reached out to an influencer and and they've said no. And so I'm like, do you mind if I reach out? They say, sure, whatever. Some are like, whatever. (laughs) And when I reached out again, they were actually in, they're gearing up for a launch. And then they said, yes. So that's a really great tip that I learned pretty early on that I would love to bestow upon your listeners, my love. Well, I so appreciate the bestowing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so true, I think. And I, I actually want to touch on something you said, uh, your first step, yeah. uh, you know, kind of getting right in your head about it and in your yes. mindset. So do you have a tip too, like around how to do that? Because I know a lot of times we can put people on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And feel like, oh, I couldn't ask them to be on my show or, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, or then being in the conversation and being like, oh, can I really ask them that question? <laughs> right. Yes. Or felt like, I know when I first early on, I, I think I had, I was Dr. John Martini who was on my show and I was like, you know, who's in the secret too, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just talking to him. And I remember thinking this guy is a freaking brainiac. He's so smart. Like, mm-hmm. and he literally lives his life in the place of just doing what is like his thing to do. Like he doesn't drive, he doesn't cook, he doesn't, you know, and he just studies and does his work that he's meant to do. And I thought, wow, it's just a whole different level of mastery that, you know, and I was having that conversation and it was really interesting because in the green room at the end of the show, he said to me, it was a really great interview. And he said, you know, I just want to, is it okay if I give you some advice or something like that? And I said, sure. Yeah, whatever. I'm like, I'm open all ears. And he said, you ask me questions that I, he says, I've been doing this for over 40 years, whatever. He says, you ask me questions that I've never had asked. Uh-huh. They were really great. They made me think. And he said, don't be afraid to ask whoever you want to have on your show. They'll surprise you and say yes. So he obviously knew yes. I was nervous. <laughs> yes. But he was just so generous and so gracious and offering you a vision thank you to support you. Just go ahead and reach out back out to us. Like really kind but I remember just being like intimidated because of his level of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 
a mastery in in a particular area, especially around spiritual entrepreneurship, like the spiritual side of that. Yeah. So what are your tips for getting right in your brain <laughs> so that you yes. can have those conversations and not feel as nervous as I did that time? No, no, definitely. And let me just be clear. Like there are still times where I get, I get nervous as well. You know, if somebody that is coming on that I'm like, I really, you know, admire the work they're doing. Like I, st- I don't know that that will ever necessarily go away, but there are certainly ways that you can navigate more gracefully. And then of course do the inner work to bring you to the, the first like elemental like stepping stones. So the first thing that I would absolutely recommend is working on worthiness, worthiness that will help you in all areas of your life, not just podcasting. But really, for me, one of the ways that I process and do a lot of my personal development is in meditation and hypnotherapy, actually. I have an incredible hypnotherapist who's helped me with worthiness and the whole I am enoughness. You know, and so what I have, I have this running narrative in my head. And, and before I say it, I don't want to, to, I want to preface it with this. This is not coming from a cocky or an arrogant like perspective, but this is coming from me standing in my full power and owning my confidence as a human being, a divine human, I would say, yeah, but they don't know Jen Mavros yet. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and, and, and so it's almost like you're giving them an opportunity to know you. Like, why wouldn't they want to know me? I've got a lot, a lot, a lot to offer. Just like every single person listening to the show, you have so much to offer. And it's, it's a matter of just like standing in your power and owning that. And there are varying degrees, you know, depending on, you know, what state you're in, maybe you're hungry or sleepy, or maybe you've gone through something in life. Like there are going to be varying confidence or standing in, in your power where you feel like you can own it. But, you know, you can certainly do some little tricks and whatnot before you either write those emails or before you actually go into the interview. There was this incredible TED Talk done a while ago by Amy Cuddy. Dr. Amy Cuddy. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, are you familiar with that? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Not, um, <laughs> but I like the name. <laughs> she talks about how your physical, your physicality, your physical body has the, it actually changes what's going on inside of your body. Mm-hmm. So if you stand in a really empowered stance, like I like to use the woman, wonder woman stance, <laughs> standing like a wonder woman or a wonder dude, and you've got your shoulders rolled back. Yeah. <laughs> and you're standing powerfully, like confidently. If you hold that for, and I'm totally drawing a blank. It's been so long since I've actually like watched her TED talk. I think she says like within 10 seconds of you holding that pose, your inner work begins to change as well to reflect your outer work. So you can do some very simple things of just like standing confidently. I mean, Louise Hay also talks about mirror work, standing in the mirror. And I'm confident, like saying some really powerful, affirmative affirmations that you actually believe, which is really important. I have a whole thing about affirmations. They're incredibly helpful if you're using them in the right way, but if you're not, then they're actually defeating. So it needs to be like a small incremental affirmation that you actually believe. So I am confident. I've got this. You know, the universe has got my back and I'm completely supported, right? So some really powerful, empowering phrases that you can say. And I'll tell you what, like that's, that's been huge for me when in the beginning, 
Some other stuff that just goes kind of switching gears a little bit. So in the interview itself, I'm an empath. So I'm a highly sensitive person who not only am I feeling my own stuff, but I'm also feeling up, feeling and pick, not feeling up. <laughs> I respect you more than that, my friend. Um, I'm also picking up and feeling your stuff as well. And so being a podcaster, that's actually been really interesting navigating that because I'll give you an example. So I just recently for season four, a couple months ago, I interviewed Dr. John Gray. And Dr. John Gray, <laughs> he's just like this wealth of knowledge. I love him. It took me over a year to get him on my show as well. And I didn't know this. I knew his wife was sick. She had just been diagnosed with cancer, but I, that's all I knew. And when he came on my show, I didn't know this, but it was the first day back for him to back to like being at work since she had passed away. I didn't know that she had passed away. And so he starts to get tears in his eyes and I can like, I can feel him welling up and I just am a hot mess. I'm like, like I start crying <laughs> and side note, I'm, I'm perfectly okay crying on my show. I think that's who I am and I don't want to try and prohibit or hide that stuff. So it's been really interesting being an empath. Mm. So the tip that I would say about that is just, you know, allowing yourself to be authentically you. And if you feel like you're going to cry, I've cried so many times on my show and I've been embarrassed about it at times, but I think that people really appreciate that. They really like, they get it. That was another tangent, girlfriend. You had to rein me in. Like, where was I going with <laughs> No, that was, um, good. that was how you prep yourself to start. And actually you were saying yeah. such amazing things. Like it's, I can, I was thinking back to when I started podcasting and I was like, oh yeah. So, well, first of all, when I used to work with Anthony Robbins companies back in the day, they would, for the coaching, they would say like, stand, you know, yep. stand up, look up at the ceiling, put yes. a smile on your face and now get depressed. You just can't do it. So like really, yes. really that Wonder Woman's dance is amazing. And I was also remembering doing the mirror work, like you were talking yep. about mm-hmm. and remembering when I was starting out, Deepak Chopra has this thing that he was teaching where I was went to his How to Know God tour in India years back. Mm-hmm. And he said, Look in the mirror if you have this thing where you feel like you're above or below someone and say, I'm above no one, I'm beneath no one, I'm equal to all. So I did that practice too. Mm -hmm. And then I have friends that are like, they're lucky to get to have you, girl. Like, (laughs) there's nothing better, right? Than having, like, oh my God, you're like, because I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to have this guest on my show. And they'd be like, well, they're like, oh my God, I get to get interviewed by W. Day. Yes. <laughs> it's just so funny just to have like good friends that kind of, yes. run, you know, in your corner and cheering you on, I think makes such a big difference. So definitely. No, def- I, I love that. That's okay. so beautiful. And yes. Yeah, so seeing people like on an eye to eye level, not like you're looking up to them mm-hmm. is really important. So working on that worthiness, you know, something else that I wanted to mention too was I feel like I'm a really good space holder. So you, you know, you mentioned, you know, where you've had people tell you like, oh my gosh, I've never been asked that before. You're a really great interviewer. Mm -hmm. I've had people say that to me as well. And I think that one of the things that I do really well is I'm not getting my ego in the way. Like, even though they might be talking about something that I teach myself, or I know very viscerally, like that's something I know very well. I don't get my, I do my best to not get my ego in the way. And I just hold that space for them to really, to be able to do what they're going to do and let their words unfold as they will, rather than like trying to be interruptive or like, oh yeah, I know that too. Oh my gosh. Yes. I do that too. Like, 
you know, so I think that that's really important to mention. I think that people, they feel that from you. I mean, obviously like respecting how they feel is important. And I also like to conduct, that's why I call them conversational masterclasses because I typically will create like an arcing theme of what I want to talk to them about. But I really am deliberate with creating a conversation. I think conversations are more fluid. I think people are more perhaps intrigued when you're having a conversation versus when you create this very structured question after question after question after question, making sure you hit all the dots and or dot all the I's and hit all the cross all the T's. <laughs> so for me, I allow that that flowy like fluidity to really allow conversations to emerge. And sometimes conversations will go off in a different place I did not expect at all. But I always trust that is what what is meant to emerge will do so. Yeah. And it's interesting because there's some interviews that I've had. And you know, we just obviously did the other interview on the other show where I will find that I literally just am asking a question and not talking at all. But there's something yeah. about you specifically that is very uh, engaging. And like, it's almost like you reach in and that listening that you have, even when you're speaking, calls forth stuff from other people to create conversation. Like I really, oh, got, wow. there's something in you that like, I don't know if it's like literally pulls out in inspiration in another person. So, oh, um, so that's another gift. I don't know if you have, and I'll just mention it. Thank you. <laughs> I've been experiencing it now the second time. So yeah, it's, you're just, yeah. You're a radiant light. I love you. Okay. Love. So let's talk a little bit too. Do you ever ask your guests, like, do they know other people? You know, like one of the things that I, I did early on and I sometimes still do if I, if I want to have certain guests on or I'm wanting to grow my show a little more is at the, in the green room after I'll be like, Hey, so who do you know? You know, you've listened, you've been on the show. Who do you think would be like the top guest that you'd recommend that'd be perfect for the show? Did you ever do anything like that? Or... <laughs> I think that's actually a really great idea. I've never done that because I, I'm so curious myself about like, I already have, I already know like lists of people that I want to have on the show. So there's never Mm -hmm. like, for me, there's never been like a shortage of people that I'm like, who am I going to have on next? Like I already, I have like 25 episodes waiting to be released right now. Like, yeah, me too. So, so (laughs) I've never approached that conversation that way. I mean, I think that that would be a great question as well you know, if you're looking for them to perhaps introduce you to someone else. But for me, no, I I haven't. But I think that that's great. I think that, you know, try it out and see if that works for you. So what are some of your favorite like tools or things that you use for your show that you've just found over the time that you've had obviously four seasons and you've probably got some neat tips that you like to use for your interviewing, recording or marketing your episodes or sharing your episodes? Do you have any like tips around that that's really helped you to grow your audience? So the way that I am in my business is, and the way that I like to show up is I don't want to just have some graphic that's generic. Like my brand really embodies creativity. Like I want someone to look at the graphics that are created for my show and be like, that's something I'd hang on my wall or like, that's so beautiful. I'm inspired. Like it it evokes those things, right? (laughs) Or rather even where they look at it and it's like so visually like it's like orgasmic, right? And so so that's really important to me. So I have these show graphics and I think that if you can put it into I've used different types of generators that have, you know, where you get like a little blip that's like a little uh video audio whatever. I think that's like really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I've used I've used the Wave one before. I have another one that I'm using right now. 
I can give you the link later. It's, it's like headliner or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the better ones I've used. Those are great. I love those. I also am I'm really big into, if you're listening, you probably can tell I'm a creative entrepreneur. Like I'm very like lit up by like visual stimulation, auditory stimulation. I'm very cognizant of the music that I use as well because being a metaphysician, like I understand the the vibration and the frequency behind music. So the vibrations, when my listeners are listening, I want to evoke certain feelings. And so I'm very, very deliberate with the music that I use as well. And so I have certain websites like Audio Hive is one of the ones that I use where I find really awesome music that I haven't ever heard before. So I think that love is in the details. Like for me, I'm very detail oriented. I want to make sure that every curvature of the work that I put into the world is, even though it may not be like the interview may not be perfect. Like there may be like background noise at some points or my dog might shake her, her neck and her like her little like um, <laughs> collar might shake or something like that is not perfect, but I'm totally okay with that because that's still like my life. Like my dog is always next to me. So she's going to be in the show too. But really just making things special where I can is really important to me. So if you can find like your own little special, you know, tidings that you can add in there or flair that you can add in there that's unique to you, I think that people may not notice it right off the bat, but they'll feel it from you. They feel mm-hmm. like the love that's infused. So that's what I would, I would definitely leave from that question is just if it, what, what can you do that can infuse a little more of you into the work? Another thing that I've done as well, I don't do this all the time, but if I'm really feeling called to it, you know, I do energy work, but you don't have to be an energy practitioner to do this. It could just be a simple prayer, but actually just like praying over or creating an intention to like infuse even more of goodness in it. And also too, like wishing that person that's, that's on your show. And you did this as well. Like when we had our, our intention setting before wishing them success as well, wishing them abundance, because I can tell you from teaching manifestation, when you are like feeling that envy or feeling that jealousy that like, Oh, well, they have that. And I don't, you're literally cock blocking your own blessings from coming in. <laughs> so making sure that you are, are just in that gratitude space. That's a simple nutshell. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so true. All of the above. How do you take your stuff and bring it in your show and bring it into your business? Like what's the integration piece for you of your show to your work? I mean, if there is one, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest piece is obviously it's the same audience. The people that listen to my show are, are, are people that would be, they would be interested in the offerings that I have, my menu of services in my business. I'm very like deliberate. I don't want it to feel spammy or really it's, it's a way, it's a platform for me to, to really just give like that altruistic nature to just you know, like there are like in businesses, like there are opt-ins that you can do. And I have those as well, right? Like I've got, I've got several like opt-ins, like if you want to go strategic, but it's, (laughs) it's one more way that I'm able to like genuinely just support humanity and helping them in their life. And so for me, it's, it's a love offering. So I don't, I don't look at it as like, how am I going to be strategic with my business? Like it's the same people that I would serve in my business but this is a gift that I'm doing and I, I do it for myself and I do it also to support those that I, I serve. So for me, there's not a lot of strategy behind it at all because my peeps are feelers. And I think that if 
if I switch gears, like how can I make this strategic? Like it's not me. That's mm-hmm. not me. So did, that, did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. so it's basically, a, it's a beautiful offering to the world and alignment that's serving yeah. some people that everything else. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And would you say like, given that, like you're sharing yourself too, what is your mix like of you versus guest? And what would you, would you say over the time that you found that, or how do you blend the two? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good question. So like 99% of my show are interview based where I'm sitting down with another person and I keep hearing from the people that listen that they want more of me because I have a lot of stuff that I teach that I, I'm a teacher. So I love sharing, but for me, and this is something that I'm, I'm navigating on my own, my own personal like growth curve is I have a bit of perfectionist in me. And so if I'm going to put out like a conversational masterclass with myself, I have a tendency to spiral down a bit into perfection paralysis. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like I have just a couple of them. I would love to do more of just me, but it's still, like I said, it's, it's a growth curve for me for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a similar space. (laughs) Of course, we're like sisters from another mystery. And then how has your life and business changed from having this show? Like I know for me, like I have these guests on and I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of enforced learning ongoingly or in the conversation of what I feel is really important. Like I'm kind of forcing myself to be in that every so often in a month. Right. And I know that in and of itself is transforming, but what, what have you noticed has shifted in your life since you've had your show and your business? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, just to, to amplify what you're saying, I mean, I believe that having a microphone is a privilege and it shouldn't be taken lightly. I mean, you are in essence, whether you're amplifying other people in an interview base or you are, are speaking and teaching and talking about, you know, your stuff. I feel that that is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. And it's a really a privilege to have the ear of other people, right? Mm-hmm. To have influence over, not manipulation, let's be clear, just influence over other people. How, you know, if they're listening to your show, they may very well feel or think differently about a topic. And I feel that that's, that's something that should be taken lightly. So can you ask me that question one more time? There was something else I was going to say, but I totally just forgot. Yeah, sure. How's your business? Uh, do you want me to oh. edit that or no? <laughs> yeah, whatever works. The other thing is, so as far as like the, the external changes that I've noticed, so, okay, let me back this up. You asked me the question about, you know, a couple questions ago about the strategy thing. Okay. When I was creating the podcast in the beginning, the one thing that I was being strategic about was I wanted people to see me side by side and shoulder by shoulder with these influencers. So I was very deliberate in that because I felt like I've got great stuff to share in the world too. Right. And so, um, yeah, but now they do. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel that it has most definitely people I think see me in a slightly different light because now I'm associated with other influencers. If that makes any sense. There's something about that like proximity thing. Yeah. yeah. Like that influence somehow, I don't even know how it transfers over, but it somehow does. So yes, definitely. And it's certainly given me access to things that I wouldn't have normally perhaps have access at that time. Like I'm a live event junkie. Like I love going to live events. (laughs) And so I've been invited to live events like VIP style, you know, for free to see the influencer because I'm going to be interviewing them or, 
you know, they send me stuff in the mail all the time, like PR packages. And if you saw over here, yeah. (laughs) If you saw how many books I had sitting over here on the side of my desk, which I love, I love that. But that's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I was going to buy that book anyway. But if you're going to send it to me for free, I'm down. down. (laughs) So those are some of the biggest changes I've seen. But really, you know, energetically, like connecting to people who at one time I looked up to, I feel like it's my own personal growth has, has certainly enhanced as well. And having the opportunity to literally sit down with people who've written books on, you know, their experts in certain areas to be able to just ask them, have a conversation with them and ask them the questions I want to ask them, I think is pretty cool. It's like you're hacking into their brain and you're like, you have a, a session with them. So I'm just, I'm so grateful for the things that, that my podcast has, has really brought into my life. I love it. I truly love it. And I'm, I'm in no way, shape or form am I perfect <laughs> at all. Um, and, but I'm always looking to grow and to, and enhance what I do and how I serve people that listen. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you're, I love your show too. It's fantastic. Thank you. So would you say, what's your favorite story that you've gotten? Or I know we don't usually hear back from our listeners, right? Like, cause they're in a different world, right? But when you do hear back, usually the stories that you hear are like exceptional, right? Do you have like a favorite story that you've heard from like a listener that's just been moved or touched by your show? Yeah. And that's, that's certainly something to note as well. When I used to teach classes similar to kind of how podcasts are set up, it was normally to other people. So I would have either instant feedback or I would hear feedback after the class was released. And so for me, it's been very interesting. I've had to do my own growth game on it. (laughs) It sometimes feels like in the podcast world, like when you release episodes, it kind of just goes into like a hole, like a black hole. And you're like, hello, is anyone there? (laughs) Like, you guys hear it? Is it coming through? So like, I sometimes kind of have to check myself and I'm, you know, because I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes I like external gratification or external validation. (laughs) And sometimes you don't hear that in the podcast world. So that's certainly something I have to, had to check myself on. But there was this one gal who emailed me. She listened to this episode. So I did this episode with Layla Martin, who, if you don't know who Layla Martin is, do yourself a favor. She is extraordinary. She is in the sacred sexuality department of personal development. So just for the sake of, I don't know what languaging I can and cannot use on your show. So just for the sake of languaging, (laughs) there was a certain word that she teaches people to be more empowered in saying because there's so much shame and like stigma attached to this word. Mm. And so before I had her on the show, I was working on saying this word aloud. And I was at the time I was so nervous and like, it made me really uncomfortable to say this word. What does the word start with and how long is it? <laughs> okay. So there's actually two words, but the one that I'm specifically referring to, it starts with a V okay. and it has to do with l- women. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it ends with an A. <laughs> may rhyme with vagina. <laughs> yes. Regina. Yes. Regina. It rhymes with Regina. <laughs> yes. And so there's so much stigma that's attached, like negative, like attachment to the word where women, you know, I think need to reclaim that word and feel yeah. empowered by it rather than feel like shameful. Right. And so I was doing my own work around the word before I had her on the show. And 
so I got so nervous when we were talking about that. And at one point when she was telling her her personal story, I cried. I was so moved and it touched me. Mm -hmm. And I had this woman email me in later after the episode had been out and she was just, thank you so much. This episode literally changed my life and was just going on and on about you know, just how, how important it was and how it inspired her. And now she can crack into this woman's work because she had not heard of her before. And that was so touching to me. Like, oh, you guys are out there. You are listening. (laughs) And it is making an impact in some, some way, shape or form. So I don't know. That's just like one little story that, that stands out, but. Those are big things, you know, and you never really know, you know, it's like when you listen to a person's music, right. And you're going to a breakup or someone died or something happened and you're like, and you're listening to the music. (laughs) The singer doesn't know how many people have been processing their life or opening up or cracking open through the music. I think that's true of like podcasting too. I think a lot of times we don't really know the impact, but when I've been blessed enough or gifted enough to hear the impact from a listener, it's so transforming for me. So if you're someone who does listen to podcasts and you have a favorite host and they've made a difference for you, I really invite you to like find a way to contact them and let them know because uh, you might be surprised at how much that really means to someone who gets that much of their life and their time to supporting you in whatever way their show does. Like, I mean, really, we've probably gifted months of our lives (laughs) to shows, right? Yeah. That's an understatement, girlfriend. Yes. So much time and energy and effort and money goes into the creation and the production of these things. Like, yeah, I absolutely agree. If you pay it forward, y'all like, (laughs) yes, show your gratitude for those, those shows that you like love because that little nugget that might take you like two seconds on social media or sending them an email will literally light that person up for, you know, who knows. So yeah, definitely. It's so true. It's so, so true. And do you do a lot of your own production or have you kind of outsourced that now? Or are you? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I have an audio producer. He's fantastic. I adore him. I have a graphic designer as well to kind of be that extension of what vision I want to create. I also have a writer who helps me write kind of like the show note. I don't do like normal show notes, but writes like a description of the show. Yeah. And a video, we're bringing everything up to YouTube and on video. So I have my video editor working on all that. And, you know, it was really interesting. You know, we've even had this, like one of our first conversations, even I was like, I feel so drained when I'm writing the show notes because I have to like listen back to the episode and, and I just want to hear it when it's done. I don't want to listen to it in its raw form. And then I got to write the show notes and like, not that it was a burden, but it's just a lot of extra time. And you're like, girl, outsource it. And I was like, (laughs) I know you're totally right. So I took your advice finally. And I think that a lot of people, you know, if you're a smaller show, you're just getting started. People think that, oh my gosh, there's no way that I can afford like to hire or outsource something, but you would be absolutely surprised that you can find things still paying people a fair wage. Like, right. We're not trying to rip people off or whatever, but still paying a fair wage for, for their zone of genius. Like we want to keep you as the host or hostess in your joy and genius and outsource the things that suck. Yes. Soul outsource those (laughs) things that literally you just like, you procrastinate and you dread and you're like, no, I don't want to do this. Outsource them. 
Sarah Blakely is, she's the the founder of Spanx. She's like one of my kind of like iconic mentors. I, I love her, her operating in business. Like I think she's fantastic. And she's, she talks about, she's like, hire your weaknesses. And I'm like, yes, girl. I even have it on a little post-it note right here at my desk. Hire your weaknesses. <laughs> oh, it's so funny when you're saying suck your soul. I was seeing like, sis, if it's a suck your soul, S-Y-S, turn it into a system. Like, yes, <laughs> right? totally. Something or outsource it. Cause yeah, so true. Well, that's awesome. I love it. you're really outsourcing all the pieces, which is great. Other than your zone of genius, obviously, which is Thanks. <laughs> everything, that you, you know? So yeah. Would you say like, if you could give the podcaster on purpose, if you could leave them with one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm, one piece of advice. So the cool thing about podcasting or even having a business, right, is you can do it however you want. Like there are so many coaches or other people out there that are doing things a certain way and that's their thing. Like I think it's really important that you listen to your own internal compass, you listen to your gut to find what works best for you. Let me give you an example. So most podcasts have specific days that they release on, right? Like catch a new episode on every Tuesday or whatever. And I really have struggled with that because I am a kind of person who lives in flow. And what if on like Monday when I would normally prepare like or get all the elements from my team, if I'm like, I'm not really intuitively feeling like I want to release this or whatever the case is. I think it's okay to have grace with yourself and it's okay to do things on your own path. Look, there may be certain ways to do things like strategically that are probably better to be done better (laughs) for like bringing in new listeners or, you know, whatever the case is. But to me, the end of the day, if this becomes a burden it's just going to die. Like I'm just literally just not going to do my podcast anymore. So if in order for me as a creative to be able to have the spaciousness to birth something into the world, it's important that I listen to myself and I honor where I am. And so we all go through different cycles and seasons of our life where sometimes maybe we just feel a little more inward and we're just kind of that interactive and that's okay honor where you are. Maybe take a break from your podcast for a month or a couple weeks or whatever. So I think that listening to yourself, listening to your own wise internal guidance on how you show up in your podcast and how you want to create your podcast is so essential and being cognizant to not listen to everything else that's out there. And we just talked about this in the last podcast episode on the spiritual entrepreneur about your authenticity. You know, when you're showing up, the more authentic that you are, you people feel that if it's strained, if it's forced, if it's not you, if there's going to be like some weird disconnection or energetic disconnection that people are going to feel and they may not know know why. So just do you boo, be you (laughs) and show up how you feel aligned and showing up. I love that. And along those lines, have you ever had recorded an episode or had something? Because I know you were talking earlier about being fiercely protective of your audience and your show and the microphone and how it's a privilege. Yep. Have you ever had an interview where you've kind of been like, okay, that's not for my audience after you record it? 
Oh, and if so, totally. how, how have you handled that? Because I know that's a question I hear a lot. Oh my gosh. I kind of like just slumped in my seat a little bit. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you don't have to mention me. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I've, I've definitely had episodes where I'm like, that That ain't happening. Like, there's no way that I'm releasing that episode. And so there's been a bit of an internal struggle where I'm like, yeah, but did I just waste that person's time? Like, what's the honorable thing to do is just to release it. Yeah, but that's not an integrity of my show, mm-hmm. period, point blank. And so I don't release them. I actually have a folder in my, with my, that I share with my audio producer of like, do not release. Like, and I just move them to the folder. And, you know, I'm still, I think, navigating gracefully on how to approach that. I've never actually had anybody that I've interviewed that I decided not to release, like contact me and be like, hey, what happened to my episode? You never released it. <laughs> So I'm still navigating on that. Yeah. Maybe people who are closer to me that I feel like I can, I can be really just completely transparent with where I know that like, if I don't know them very well, I don't know that I necessarily would say this, but like I've had a friend before whether it's been on my show that I'm like, girl, we need to redo your episode. <laughs> I know that in order for, for me to amplify and elevate your voice, there was some resistance that you were like, and so I'll kind of talk, talk them through and I'll offer to re- re-record. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know necessarily that I have the answer to that, but I think that again, you have to go back to what feels most aligned for you. If it's not intuitively like right for your show, it's your show at the end of the day. It's your name that's on the show. So don't release it if it doesn't feel aligned, but still being honoring and respectful, of course, of, you know, the person that just gave their time and energy, et cetera. Did I answer your question? Like, I don't... So would you, for the people that air in that folder, you wouldn't reach out and say, I'm not airing it. You just leave it in the folder. And I would leave it in the folder. And if I felt like, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> and I feel like if it were a person, cause I'm very intuitive, right? Like I yeah. intuitively led. So if I felt sure. like if after having that conversation, like maybe they were just having a funky day or like they were just kind of off or whatever. Again, I would be like, Hey, do you mind if we record this? And I've, I've done that before. Um, I've had like a very big author on my show where the sound quality was like, like horrific, absolutely horrific. And I told this person and we had to re-record it two more times. Wow. And it was just, it was the point of being ridiculous, but <laughs> Yeah. Then offering, if you feel like you want, you feel like their content may just been off that day and yeah. you still want to have them on the show, just ask them, is it possible to re-record? And I, there's always like a fine line. Like, do you say like the audio quality didn't record that great? Can we re-record <laughs> this? Like, obviously you don't want to lie. The sound but didn't like, come out quite right. I mean, yeah. the sound of yeah. what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. So just, just trust yourself on that. Just trust yourself. Yeah. That's great advice. I know a lot of people struggle with that. And I was at a a meetup and Flynn was, I think we were all talking about that. And he was saying something like, usually if that happens for him, I'll just say something like the day, you know, I was, it was an off day or whatever for me, or like didn't come out the way that I wanted to. And can we just, and he does a re-record too. But I got to wonder too, if there aren't just sometimes you get a guest on and you think it's yes. going to go different and you're like, well, maybe they're just not a vibrational match for this show at all. Or you're like, wow, they said something that I really get wouldn't be aligned with the values of your people on your yes. show. And at what point do you just say, well, thanks for sharing and no. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There, Like I said, I had many of those episodes. Another suggestion too that just came up, I mean that, you know, 
so depending on how you, the structure of how you actually produce your show. So what I do is once I record, I throw that in the box or the, the folder for my, my guy to, to produce it. And then later on what I do, and this is ongoing, right? Because I like to make sure that I'm infusing my, like the energy of love and the energy of gratitude, the energy of abundance in, I actually re-listen to the episode to hear, I'm kind of like pre-producing it listening for certain things that stand out to me for whatever it could be for varied, varied reasons. And so if they say something perhaps that I'm like, I do not agree with that. What I do is I actually record like an intro, a guest intro into the episode. I do that separately. And so sometimes I might say, you know, this person has their perspective on this and here's where I stand with that. So Mm -hmm. I'll offer my own, my own take on it. So I think my listeners can when they're listening, they can hear for that, that the contrast, like, again, it's, I I always encourage people that are listening to my show, you need to take this material and take what you want. This is not like right or wrong, up or down, back or forth, like take what feels good for you. And then you don't have to, you can leave the rest on the table and that's perfectly okay with me. So inviting the listener to take what they will, to take what resonates with them, I think is important. So. I love that. Like our friend Danny Levin says, there's a trash can right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Just that. throw it out there. I know. He's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So do you have a dream guest? You've had dream guests on your show, but like if you had like a dream guest that if someone was listening in that knew someone who knew them or that might, you know, know Oh someone. gosh. <laughs> yeah. I actually have like a little mini like virtual vision board that I have. As I mentioned before, I teach divine manifestation. So I like to visually program myself. Like I don't want other people or other things to program me. So I choose to program myself. So I have created in the back of my website that I go to frequently, a virtual vision board. And I have collected images from the internet of people who I want to be on my show, who I'm like holding space for. So I would love to invite Deepak Chopra. I would love to invite Oprah Winfrey. Like she's <laughs> kind of like the, probably the most successful person in our industry, right? Like she, mm-hmm. as far as like she does interviews and podcasting in a different way. She has a show. Those are the two. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like the Dalai Lama. Let's just throw this all out there. Throw it out there, this, girl. <laughs> this is the thing too. Is like, you know, I think a lot of people will be like the Dalai Lama. And I'm like, no, I've actually already reached out to the Dalai Lama and like, I don't feel that my requests are too big. And and like, if they don't scare you a little bit, then they're not big enough. So I'm just going to throw that all out there. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been so grateful. Like even in my very first season, I had some of the people that I looked up to tremendously, you know, like Daniel Laporte. I love Daniel Laporte and JP Sears. He's hilarious. They were all like in my very first season. I was definitely working on Dr. John Gray for a while. I love... Panache Desai. I was working on that for a little while. God, he's, he's wonderful. Like his just, I cried like a little baby in that episode. (laughs) Neil Donald Walsh. I actually really, I don't really think that that episode was one of my finest moments. I don't think he liked me. I've met him since like in person, but in the episode, I don't think he liked me. Like he thought I was might've been a a jerk or whatever. (laughs) You're getting like Talk the raw. Talk to God, Neil. Talk to God. <laughs> yes. You're getting like really behind the curtain right now, Jen, uncensored. Yeah. Um, Lisa, Lisa Nichols was one of my absolute favorites, but I've, I nurtured a relationship with her, personal relationship for more than a year, and then, you know, finally had her on my show. So 
Yeah. That's yes. awesome. All right. We're putting it out there then. Anyone, if you know any of the above. Deepak. If you know Deepak, he's fairly accessible, I think. Yeah. Deepak. Well, Oprah Winfrey is accessible. You just got to get in the right lane of manifestation, as you know, because you, you know, yes. obviously live that. And the Dalai Lama, I love it. Yes. Hear it and rejoice. And so it is. And then if they go on your show, I want them on the spiritual entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm putting that out there too, guys. Double whammy. They've got two shows they can be on. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and Sarah Blakely, but, let's add her to the list. Oh, Sarah Blakely too. But, but Jen gets yep. it she asks first. But uh, oh. I'll be happy to receive right after. <laughs> caring is caring. Sharing is caring. Yes. 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 <laughs> So that's awesome. Yeah. And I love that you're, you say no request is too big. No ask is too big because really like the universe delivers in ways. It doesn't matter if it's a cup of coffee or a Tesla, like it's the same process as manifestation. Fantastic. So, oh my God, I could talk to you all day. All right. So (laughs) so I like sister from another mister. So the, if the podcaster listening in or the podcaster to be listening in would like to get more of you and your amazing show and your work, where would they go? Yeah. Thank you for that. The Jen show.com. Awesome. And then of course we're like on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and iHeartRadio and all of like the normal like podcasting outlets. So we're the podcast at BB. You can yes. <laughs> yes. Just uh, search for her. She's there. Oh God, Jen, I just so adore you. I love what you're up to. I love your show. I love your energy. I love everything about you. Likewise. (laughs) Yes. And I'm really grateful that you, to have you on the show today to share your wisdom with our listeners too. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. Thanks. And if you are listening in and you're new to the show and have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to see the latest episodes as they're released. And if you love what you heard today, we'd love a great review too. I hope this is inspiring you to get on out there and do your own show or grow your show if you already have one. Uh, enjoying it, sharing this podcasting journey with you. And it is our time to podcast on purpose. See you next time. Hey there, have you ever thought about creating your own podcast? If so, I'd love to support you with giving you a free guide on how you can create your studio and set up for your podcast. If you'd be interested in learning more about the microphone that I use, the headset that I use, the software that I use (laughs) to do these shows, I'd love to share that with you. You can go on over to podcastingonpurpose.com.